Welcome back as we continue on in our journey through Genesis with chapter 49. In chapter 49, Jacob gives his last words of blessing to his 12 sons, and he is passing on God's blessing from Jacob to the whole nation of Israel in this as he blesses his 12 sons, which ultimately become the 12 nations and 12 tribes of Israel. And he starts off in verse 1. Then Jacob called together all his sons and said, Gather around me, and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. So when he says in the days to come, it's in the future, in the upcoming times, and it ultimately leads to the end times as well as God plans for the whole world. And there's a good bit of prophecy throughout this blessing as he speaks to what he sees in these boys and what is ahead for them in um we'll continue in verse two come and listen you sons of jacob listen to israel your father reuben you are my firstborn my strength the child of my vigorous youth you are first in rank and first in power But you are as unruly as a flood, and you will be first no longer. For you went to bed with my wife. You defiled my marriage couch. Okay, pause. So when he first addresses the boys, he says, listen twice. He wants them to listen closely and pay attention to his words. This is a prophecy for their life and the future of the world. And he refers to himself as both Jacob and Israel. Israel is the name that God renamed Jacob when he fought, when he had that inner, that time when he wrestled with God. And Jacob is his old man, his old self. And Israel is the new man, the new character and integrity, the new person that God transformed him to be. And Reuben, Reuben slept with Jacob's concubine Bilhah in chapter 35, verse 22 of Genesis. And it was kind of a verse that was just kind of brushed over and nothing was said more about it. But that was a sin. And when he did that, there's consequences for all of our choices. And he made a choice to sleep with one of his father's concubines and he blew it. He threw away his first son inheritance. He threw away his the blessing that he would have had as the firstborn son and the responsibility he would have had and held as a firstborn son. He just swept it all away with that one choice when he defiled his father's marriage um, to Bilhah. In verse five, Simeon, yeah, verse five, Simeon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. May I never join in their meetings. May I never be party to their plans. For in their anger they murdered men, and they crippled oxen just for sport. A curse on their anger, for it is fierce. A curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. Pause again. Um, so Simeon and Levi, they they were the ones that attacked the Shechemites in chapter 34 after the rape of their sister Dinah. And they took it upon themselves 
to act out in anger, in in vengeance. And they were angry, and rightfully so. That is something we should be angry about. But they took it a step further and acted out on that anger and slaughtered the whole city of men. And because of that choice that they made, they're going to be scattered, and the descendants of Israel are going to be scattered, and they'll never inherit the land that they were supposed to have and instead they're going to be just dispersed and scattered and um then that's something that they have to accept as a consequence of they don't have to accept it but that's something that they're going to have to face as a consequence of that choice that they made that day to act out in their anger and moving along to verse eight judah your brothers will praise you You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one whom it belongs the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his foal to a grapevine, the colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robe in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. Okay, again, there's a lot in Judah has the longest one, because remember, Judah repented. Judah was redeemed. Judah turned from his sin and was a changed man. And David, King David, comes from the line of Judah. He sold Joseph. Yeah, he sinned, but he repented and was redeemed because he had a repentant heart and turned from that sin. And this is a a kingly prophetic language throughout here. And kings are going to come from the line of Judah, like I said, including King David, who also is the line of Jesus. So the line of Jesus is also going to come from Judah's line. And it says that the Judah, Judea, which is where the Jewish comes from, they're going to hold that scepter. And they do hold the scepter of ruling and executing their capital punishments as they needed. They held that scepter until the day of the coming of the one who belongs. In the Jewish word Shiloh, used in the scripture in this passage, it means Messiah, Jesus, is going to come. In in 7 AD that happens, and that's when the scepter, the rule, was moved from Judea to the Roman rule. And then only the Romans could execute capital punishment at that time, which is why they, when they wanted to crucify Jesus, they had to go to um, the Roman Empire to make that happen. They wanted it done, but they had to do it through the Roman Empire because their right to rule had passed. It passed on to the Roman Empire, and they lost that scepter during that time. And there's a lot of words that tie to um, Jesus, like the donkey, the wine that Jesus uses in um, the Last Supper, and there's a lot of words that that just connect to the language of Jesus when he's here on earth. And so we'll continue in verse 13. 
Zebulun will settle by the seashore and will be a harbor for ships. His borders will extend to Sidon. In Zebulun, he did actually dwell between the Mediterranean and the Sea of Galilee. And um, we'll continue on in verse 14. Issachar is a sturdy donkey resting between two saddle packs. When he sees how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend his shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labor. And he, the Issachar tribe, they do become very strong. They become a strong tribe, but they were attacked often. And truly, even today, when we look at the nation of Israel, Nations are still arguing over Israel today. So that is still going on. In verse 16, Dan will govern his people like any other tribe in Israel. Dan will be a snake beside the road, a poisonous viper along the path that bites the horse's hooves. So its rider is thrown off. I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. So here we have Dan, the nation of Dan, and Dan's tribe introduces idolatry in Judges chapter 18. They bring idolatry into the nations, and it's like that poisonous snake. Idolatry is um, compared to adultery, like you're cheating on God whenever you have an idol in your life instead of God. And he makes a stop here, and he's cries out to God, I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. He stops speaking between prophecies to the brothers and cries out to God, I trust in you for revival, O Lord. I trust in you for salvation to come forth in all of this mess. In verse 19, Gad will be attacked by marauding bands, but he will attack them when they retreat. Asher will dine on rich foods and produce food fit for kings. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is the foal of the wild donkey, the foal of a wild donkey at spring, one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained taut, and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. May the God of your father help you. May the Almighty bless you with blessings of heavens above, and blessings of watery depths below, and blessings of the breasts and womb. May my fatherly blessings on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors, reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. These are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one with an appropriate message. So this is um, the last two, Joseph and Benjamin, are the sons of Rachel. And we know Joseph... Joseph is mirroring his story really closely, so mirrors Jesus. And God's faithfulness in Joseph just shows through and through and through. And 
Joseph really did change. He changed from being such a deceiver and trickster, and um, he he was Jacob's son, his first son of Rachel, and Jacob loved him so much. And Jesus, when he returns, like this really mirrors closely with when Jesus returns, Jesus is going to prevail. And through everything that Joseph went through, being sold and being tricked into slavery and sold by his own brothers. And Jesus took that and used it for his glory. Jesus took that and used it to bless the nations through this famine. And Jesus, when he returns, he's going to prevail and he's going to defeat darkness and evil and he's going to defeat the enemy. And we know and have faith in that, that Jesus is going to prevail in all of this. And the final battle is coming and Jesus is going to win. And Benjamin, he when he talks about being a ravenous wolf devouring his enemies, Jesus is going to win that final battle. And Benjamin, in real time, does become a fierce people, a fierce nation. And these 12 tribes of Israel, they they all are blessed and given appropriate messages. And Jacob gives this blessing, and it's so prophetic, and it, it comes forth. It really reflects what really does happen in these tribes. And God brings blessings from messes in our imperfect humanity. God brings forth and uses it for good. In verse 29, Then Jacob instructed them, Soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephraim the Hittite. This is the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre in Canaan. Then Abraham brought from, that Abraham bought from Ephron the Hittite as a permanent burial site. There Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried. And there I buried Leah. It is the plot of land and the cave that my grandfather Abraham bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished this charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed he breathed his last, and he joined his ancestors in death. And right before he he passes on and takes that last breath, he doesn't hesitate to stop and remind them, remind his sons that Egypt is not their home. They have a promised land, and this land is not that land. There is a land that is promised to them, and he wants to be buried back in that land. And it's a good reminder for them that they don't belong here. There's a place that God called them to that they do belong. So that is the end of chapter 49. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day and we'll continue on with chapter 50 tomorrow.